Hello, my name is David Lesner, and I'm one of the pastors at Creekwood United Methodist Church. We are located in Fairview, Texas, right east of Allen, just north of the Dallas area. The sermon you're about to hear was recorded at one of our worship services, which we'd love to invite you to check out live at 8.30 a.m. for traditional or 11 a.m. for contemporary on Sunday mornings on our Facebook page or the recorded version on YouTube. We'd love for you to check out our social media pages at Creekwood UMC or our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more information about what is happening and how you can grow with us in our mission to share God's love. If you feel inspired, there's also a way to give at the top of the website. Thanks for listening to this sermon, and we hope it inspires you in your journey with God. Listen to these words of our scripture reading this morning. When the time came for their purification, according to the law of Moses, they brought him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, as is written in the law of the Lord. Every firstborn male shall be designated as holy to the Lord. And they offered a sacrifice according to what is stated in the law of the Lord a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, looking forward to the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Guided by the Spirit, Simeon came into the temple. And when The parents brought the child Jesus to do for him what is customary under the law. Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Master, you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for the revelation of Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And the child's father and mother were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to his mother Mary, This child is destined for the falling and raising of many in Israel, and to be a sign that will be opposed so that the inner thoughts of many will be revealed. And a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also the prophet Anna, the daughter of Phanuel, the tribe of Asher, She was of great age, having lived with her husband seven years after marriage. Then, as a widow at the age of 84, she never left the temple, but worshipped there with fasting and prayer night and day. At the moment she came and began to praise God and speak about the child to all who were looking for redemption of Jerusalem. When they had finished everything required by the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth, The child grew and became strong, filled with wisdom, and the favor of God was upon him. This is the word of God for the people of the Lord. Amen. Good morning. Will you join me in prayer? Eternal God, we give you thanks for this day. May these words and the meditations and musings on all of our hearts and souls not only be acceptable to you, but seek to experience and bring forth a renewal of faith that you offer in your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So growing up, uh, Christmas was a big deal in my family. One Christmas Eve, I remember it well, I was around six years old and my brother Richard was seven, and we shared a room together. 
And we had been, um, first of all, I need to say I've never shared a stage with so many stuffed animals. It's amazing. But like if this was the tree and these are the presents, we were pulled away from inspecting the presents, trying to see what was inside of them. And so we were led unwillingly to our bedroom, and I got on the top bunk and Richard there on the bottom, and I remember looking out the window and just seeing the glow from the lights of Christmas lights warming our window in our neighborhood. And I just, in that moment, felt so much expectation of what that morning would bring. But then suddenly, we heard a sound of bells. And they came closer and closer until, until my brother and I looked at each other, was it, could it really be? And then it turned out, there was a, we saw a red light beaming and going over the window. And we looked at each other and said, could it be? Is it really that Santa and Rudolph are right here? Now, while this was happening on the inside, and me and my brother were freaking out, on the outside, what you just saw, my dad's here today, was my father with the, those bells, belts of bells, and a red handkerchief covering a, red flash, um, covering a flashlight. Now, beyond the years of therapy that moment may have caused us, <laughs> my brother and I felt so much expectation in that moment and makes me think about the expectation of Christmas. And so here we are, the day after Christmas. Christmas has passed. And so now what? We look to the new year, and we have our own expectations of what is to come. And yet that expectation that David talked about in his prayer of, of gifts and, and what's to come, I, I don't think it ends with Jesus' birth. I think it's just the beginning. And it makes me think of a question for our faith, what expectations do we have for this coming year? In our text, we meet two people uh, that Katrina very graciously read a long uh, uh, scripture on, uh, Simeon and Anna, two people who had their own expectations of faith and what that meant as they encountered this newborn child, this new Christ in, in the temple so Mary was bringing the month old Christ according to the purification laws at the time. And it's in the temple where we meet Simeon. Now, interestingly, even though he gets a lot of airtime and, and uh, talking points in the scripture, we don't really know a lot about Simeon in terms of his background info. We know that he comes from Jerusalem. And he's been living in Jerusalem. He's a devout person. And he's been promised by the Holy Spirit to see the Messiah. And it's so with great expectation that Simeon comes into the temple, holds, and blesses the Messiah. And he makes peace with his life. And so Simeon's expectation for his life, his expectation of faith has been met by holding and seeing the Messiah. But next, we're then introduced to Anna. And it's interesting because I, I didn't really hear about Anna too much when this text comes up. Simeon is kind of the focal point, but Anna has an interesting background. So in comparison to Simeon, who has no info on in Luke's gospel, Luke has quite a bit of info on Anna. So she comes from the northern tribe of Asher, 
And at some point, this tribe disbanded, like many of the older tribes had, and she was a refugee and relocated down to Jerusalem at some point. And it is here in Jerusalem that as an older woman and now as a widow, she has spent years of being alone. She had spent so much time in that temple fasting and praying to God. It makes me think, having spent so much time there, I bet she knew every inch of that place, every spot that you can come and catch the light during the day, every chip stone, every loud or quiet area. She probably knew that place as well as the priests who were charged to watch over it. Anna lived every moment of her life in service to God through prayer and fasting. And, as, uh, and she knew God intimately through her faith. So she depended on God. So that was her expectation to know God through prayer and fasting. And if you think about it, if we know that Anna had spent so much time in the temple, she probably had seen hundreds of baby purifications like the one of Christ coming into the temple. However, the moment that Mary and Joseph come into the temple, that moment, Anna knew that this child was different. In that moment of seeing Christ, Anna, her service and her faith were renewed. They were renewed. As we read in the text, it's in this verse. At that moment, she came and began to praise God and to speak about the child to all who were looking for the redemption of Israel. And I've heard, um, I'm trying to get the customs and, and norms of, of Creekwood and I've heard in a couple of sermons, there's usually tidbits of information for, you know, how to show off Bible uh, information and uh, at your next cocktail party or, or, or whatever. I know David said that. He's somewhere. Um, but here's a little bit of info for you that I found very interesting. So again, Simeon gets a lot of airtime in the scripture when it's typically preached on, but Anna is the first Christian prophet. And not only is she the first Christian prophet, but she's also it can be argued that she is the first to testify about her faith in Christ, even before John the Baptist. But I think there's a message in here for us. So now notice the pattern in the text. First, she's present to Christ, praises God, and then shares the good news of the Messiah to all who are seeking to be renewed. And friends, this is our invitation. Each Advent, every week, that we are invited to recognize and name the presence of Christ among us, to then experience that gift of renewal, and as renewed people, find ways to share that gift with others. We should expect renewed faith. And when we're renewed, we accept and live out of our identity of, as God's beloved. And so Anna knew this. Anna even though she was old in age, she was young in hope. And when she felt and got to be in the presence of Christ, she then had to testify about it. And that word testify, I think, is pretty interesting. I, I think, and I may be controversial to say, but I think we're invited to testify about how 
Christ is how we are experiencing Christ this new year. Now, I'm not suggesting that we stand on the corner of Stacy and Country Club Road and yell at people of how they should live or hand out tracts. Rather, I think we can look at Anna as an example. Her testifying was the daily embodiment of her faith. So she embodied faith through prayer and service to God. So how might our worship, like Anna's, serve to be a daily embodiment of our faith? I think one way that can occur is through prayer. Now, not necessarily just a spoken or silent form of prayer. Those are very important. But a prayer of life lived in service with God. So it's interesting in the text. Um, the word here, uh, this is speaking about Anna. She never left the temple, but worshipped. The, the word worshipped here is from the Greek latrine which means to serve, right? So receiving this gift of Christ invites us to testify about our faith through our service with God and one another. So how we serve, how we worship, how we pray, these all become the testaments of our faith. One theologian who talks about this is Christine uh, Pohl, and she says this, the character of our shared life as congregations communities and families, has the power to draw people to God's kingdom or to push them away. How we live together is the most persuasive sermon we'll ever preach. And so for me, this all goes back to this word of renewal. That when we are in Christ's presence, we are renewed. I don't know about y'all, but since the last two years, I think we all could use a message of renewal. If we think about how many twists and turns, how many unexpected moments we've had the last couple of years, so many things, an ongoing, a still ongoing pandemic, continual racial injustice, unprecedented political chaos, miraculous vaccines and boosters, along with the frustration of variants and the mistrust of modern medicine. In times like these, we can wonder, where should we put our expectations? And it's here where Simeon and Anna offer us examples. These people who never let go of the expectation that change would come. That in the time that they were told that change would come, they created room to welcome the transformation of the world through a newborn baby. And so in this new year, we too are invited to create room and to experience and explore where a renewal of faith can occur through our worship, our prayer, our service to God and one another. And so one of the ways that we'll look to do this, uh, to experience a renewal of faith this year at Creekwood, is through uh, Lent and Easter. So the focus for Lent and Easter this next year is, or this year, well next year technically, Technically, we're in a new year, I think, for the liturgical, no liturgical nerds. All right, it's all good. But we'll be looking this Lenten Easter on the topic of prayer, how through prayer, God yearns to connect with us in our unique and different ways. This next year, we'll also be able to experience a renewal of faith through the different communities that we're connected to 
outside and, and yet with um, the community of Creekwood. So whether that's our homebound members, whether it's supporting the teachers at Harper Elementary, continuing to build and connect the incredible relationship we have with Cornerstone Ranchers and Open Door, as well as forming new relationships. Also, this is kind of a, a spoiler, um, you're stuck with me for one more week. I'm uh, hanging out with y'all again next Sunday when we're going to experience the, uh, a Wesleyan Covenant service together. If you haven't ever done that, what it is, is a service that dates back to the 1750s, updated language, and much shorter time. They used to spend like two hours doing this. Not going to do that. But it's a service of coming together that the people of called Methodists have done for over hundreds of years coming together and worshiping together to renew their covenant, their relationship, and service to God and one another. Through so many ways, we are invited to experience a renewal of faith that Christ offers us. Whether that's on Christmas Day or the days following. We should expect renewed faith. Because that's how God works. That's the witness of Jesus Christ that we read in Scripture, and it's the testament that we are invited to live out of as a church together. The good news is we have received and are made known by a selfless and serving love, a love that constantly shows up in and around us, a love that never abandons or let, lets go of us. Expect renewed faith, friends, because it is alive and at work. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thanks for listening. We would love if you could leave us a review on whatever platform you are listening today and let us know how we are doing. Be sure to check out our social media pages at Creekwood UMC and our website, creekwoodumc.org, for more ways to get involved at Creekwood United Methodist Church in person, online, or both. Thanks again for listening, and have a great week.